The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Welcome to another episode of Wookiee Radio. Remember if it was issue or episode. Issues on the other show. Episode on yeah. our other show. Which this week's going to feel like a, a double dose of Weeby Geeks. Or Derek. God, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> um, Did somebody forget to take their nap today? Problem is, I think I took too long of a nap. <laughs> I get for being stay-at-home dad while still getting paid from the company. Um, it is the Smugglers 3 minus 1 because he's got a early early run at the Kessel Run tomorrow morning. Uh, so it is Derek itself, Mike, and joining us from, I had it, I look it up, Around the Galaxy, the Star Wars talk show. And this is sort of like the, and I told I told him this as well before I introduce you. Um, this is, the show is sort of like the non-Lucasfilm version of our Star Wars story that they do. And this it's Pete from Around the Galaxy. How are you guys doing? I'm great, man. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to come and chat with you guys. Pleasure. Um, now, before we get into the meat, I got to say, we are doing a contest across all three shows. Weeby Geeks, Mighty Marvel Geeks, Wookie Radio. We are giving away two Bluetooth speakers. Hey, you're eligible for this. Wow. Okay. Let me write down what I have to do to win. <laughs> or Wookie Radio. All you got to do is go to Twitter, go to our Instagram, go to our Facebook page. It's all Wookie Radio on all three locations. And just tell us who your favorite Star Wars character is. Got it. And by doing that, you get a chance to win a set of two speakers from Biddy Boom, which you get a Darth Vader and a Chewy Biddy Boom. So those are set stone. If you go to Weeby Geeks, it's let us know what your favorite, all-time favorite movie is. You get your choice of Biddy Boomers that are on the website. (laughs) I thought you were going to say you get your choice of movies. I was like, oh, I would hope so. (laughs) But but you get your your choice of um, any Biddy Boomer that's on the website, be it Turtles or SpongeBob or football, baseball, uh, hockey, Star Wars, Marvel, Disney, etc. And then over on Mighty Marvel Geeks, just let us know what your favorite Marvel character. Wow. 
so or, easy. Or a chance to win over on Marvel, either Iron Man or Spider-Man. I got Iron Blur, so you can see this clearly. Whoa, very cool. There's Iron Man right there. Sweet. And all you have to do is just say what your favorite character is. How hard is that? There's no reason why you shouldn't do that right now. Uh, apparently, it's very hard. Because <laughs> a couple people. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I, I have to agree with you, man. I, I run contests and things, and I'm just like, it's so simple. And people don't do it. So, you know, you do what you can. You do what you can. Originally, I had tell us, you know, list all our guests through from the start of the year. And I'm like, okay, that shouldn't be that hard. All you got to do is just go to the website. Go, okay, first show of the year, scroll back towards the top. I'm like, okay, that may be too difficult. So, <laughs> so just favorite Star Wars character. And do that. All right. I will go over so, there and do that as soon as we're done recording. Um, so, yeah, on any of the. How, how long How long does the contest run, Mike? Till April 14th, which mm-hmm. is today is the first. So, you got. We're recording on the first. It's going to drop uh, the 17th. So, you've still got time. And see, by then I'll have entered on all three, and I'm going to be way ahead of everybody. So, they better get out there and do it <laughs> for their chance to win. You essentially have a week, almost, uh, let's see, drops on the 4th. No, we're dropping on the 5th. So essentially, you got nine days after this drops to continue. So he's going to have a four-day head start on <laughs> I might, so. I might do it before they were done recording. I might, you know, I <laughs> pop over. <laughs> so... Um, that's how easy it is. That's how easy it is. That's right. You could be recording a podcast with Wookiee Radio and still do this. So you have no reason for not entering this contest. <laughs> and check, check out their site, biddyboomers.com, just to see see what the potential prizes are. So um, but before we get into the juicy stuff with Pete, it is that time for... A little smuggler's feud. So I got three cards in front of me. Yes. Between uh, one and three. <laughs> I will choose uh, a number between one and three. I will pick two. <laughs> two it is. <laughs> this fits with how the world is at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> which Star Wars character would most likely take a day off school? Which Star Wars character would most likely take a day off school? Six answers on the board. So he, you get to start us off. Guest All right. always starts us off. I will say uh, Luke Skywalker so he can run down to uh, Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Number five answer. Number five. Hmm. All right. Good. All right. I'll live with that. Eric. Well, I mean... Obviously, it's got to be Hanzo. Number one answer. Ah, so that nice. so that breaks the tiebreaker there. Whoever gets the number one answer wins the round in case of tie. Okay, awesome. So four more answers left, and this one's easy to say. You know, don't think, don't overthink Star Wars because of the question. <laughs> this one's just who do you think's gonna skip school? <laughs> Is it back to me? Back to I'm you. Sorry. Oh, I'm okay. Sorry. Uh, right. You got the cards in front of you. You you would know the answer. That's just I apologize. For yeah, the delay. <laughs> I'm a little slow. Um, I'm going to say um, let's let's go with um, now. Is it is it animation or just films? That's a good question. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go. Uh, my next one will then be. Um, I guess I'll have to say uh, Princess Leia, just because we've hit all three now. Mm. Oh, yeah, I know. She probably wouldn't skip Earth. school, but... Earth. Yeah, probably not, yeah. All right. Oh, I just thought of the one that I would say next, but I'm sure you're going to take it, Derek. I will say Darth Vader. Mm. Oh. Oh. oh, huh. 
Okay. Oh. All right. Well, I'm going to go with uh, Anakin Skywalker. There we go. Ah, very, very good. Very. What, what, where is he on the board? Number two. Okay. Han Solo yeah. one, Anakin two, Luke five. Okay. Um, see, Anakin was animated. Well, so. Aha, <laughs> okay. I see where you went with that. That makes sense. Yes, technically, you could say that, sure. Um, I am going to say Obi Wan Kenobi. Mm. It's two strikes. I feel like I feel like Obi Wan would not skip. All right, so I have what one or two strikes? Yeah, one strike. I got one strike. All right, I'm going to go with R two D two because he doesn't need to go. Yes. Wrong Wait, button. which one was it? <laughs> oh, Second oh, strike. Man, I was all excited <laughs> and then disappointed. Oh, you had me and you lost me. All April right. Fools. April Fools. <laughs> all righty, Derek. Uh, well, I guess I'll go. Oh, Lando. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> no. And Pete. Pete wins. Uh, Bringing, oh, wow. bringing the score, Wookiee Radio 4, other podcaster to have. Ooh. So number three, <laughs> Kylo Ren. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Yep. Number four, <laughs> which doesn't make sense, but Misa think it's Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, he might. Uh, I was thinking, I was going to say that at one point, but. I and didn't. number six, Ray. Hmm. hmm. I don't know. I think once she got into school, I don't think she would. She would I don't know. Whatever. Let's not. I, I know it's a Star Wars nerdy podcast <laughs> like mine, but I'll stop before I get over my head too early. On. This, this is where we say don't overthink it. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Don't, don't overthink <laughs> family food. Star Wars. That's awesome. We, we could have, we yeah, could have no, a whole discussion on that. Yeah. Nobody ever asked, you know, Steve Harvey, wait, wait a second. Who did you ask specifically? <laughs> what you would bury in your backyard or whatever it might be. So, yeah, really. <laughs> and and All who, right. who would dare ask a hundred people, which one of the seven dwarfs you are most like? <laughs> no, loaded question there. Um, Don't be, so tell us. I mean, uh, <laughs> there, there's something you should say. <laughs> Um, so tell us a little bit about your podcast, Around the Galaxy. Sure. So Around the Galaxy uh, will be one year old on April 22nd. Congrats. Very excited about that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And um, it kind of came from a couple different sort of things happening all at once that just really made a lot of sense and was uh, it just kind of kind of worked out. One was I had... Um, I had, for some strange reason, decided to go back to my uh, fiction writing roots and um, and had written a fan fiction novelization of The Phantom Menace, which is available on my website for free, of course, because it's fan fiction. Um, it's, it is novel length. It's 123,000 words. It's ridiculous, and it really makes me wonder what else I could have done with my time. But um, it was a lot of fun. But I wanted to let people know about it, so I jumped back into Twitter and really, really got into it and uh, was on another podcast. Podcast. Um, I don't know if do we do we mention other podcast names here. It yeah. was on um, sure. It was on um, it was on now. This is podcasting with Jason Ward on makingstarwars.net. And um, when I got done talking to them for about an hour, I was like, you know what? When I was at Star Wars Galaxy Magazine in the '90s, which is where my writing really started. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So back in, in in the mid '90s, I was working with Steve Sansweet and doing. Um, um, uh, uh, I was in I want to say six issues of uh, Star Wars Galaxy. 
magazine. And one of the things that I was doing for Steve and for Lucasfilm and for Tops was I was uh, covering um, really kind of unique fans. So the example I give all the time is there were these two brothers in Florida who like built these six foot Star Destroyer models from scratch from plywood and, and things. And, you know, those kinds of really unique fans back in the 90s, of course, those folks were harder to find because we didn't have the the easy access on the Internet. And so um, I don't since I jumped back into Twitter and back into social media, I started to meet all these really great and interesting people. And I decided that I wanted to kind of revisit that. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a wannabe musician. So I had the gear and decided to um, try to do a, a podcast and made a couple of calls. And since then, every week since April 22nd, I've had a, a different Star Wars fan on, and some of them are people you've heard of, like Anthony Bresnikan and Steve Sansweet and Jason Fry, and some of them are people you've never heard of, but they just happen to be interesting people I've gotten to know on Twitter. So, um, But it's it's really the objective of Around the Galaxy is just to, just to kind of learn and talk about that person's fan journey and and really kind of understand. It, it, what's fun, it, fun to me is the fact that whether it's Nathan Hamill or Anthony Bresnikan or you know, a couple of guys that I've met on Twitter or the, the cool, you know, sort of outspoken, you know, woman fan. We all kind of started with Star Wars in the same way. And it's just always been part of our life, whether the first movie you ever saw was Phantom Menace or it was, you know, you were 30 something years old and you saw yeah, a new hope before it was a new hope. So it's it's been a lot of fun to, to kind of bring those journeys and some of the people I've known before I've gotten them on the show and some I'm literally meeting for the first time with the. With the with the tape rolling, if, if I know it's not tape anymore, but you know, and um, uh, I, and and, we're old, and sharing, we're old enough to know tape, <laughs> and sharing that experience uh-huh. with other people. So um, it's about an hour show every week. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, and it's uh, it's always it's always eye opening to me, and it, and it's really expanded my kind of horizons and thinking about what Star Wars fandom means. Okay. So it's kind of similar to the concept then uh, you may have taken, not necessarily from you, but just our thought uh since this show airs on sorcerer radio which is a disney internet radio station hmm. um and we're the primary star wars show there you know for us to you know we we communicate with other podcasters anyway on twitter on facebook wherever mm-hmm. how about we bring podcasters on and share our love of star wars get mm-hmm. our listeners a chance to listen to what another show's about and continue i guess that concept as well of a certain point of view that great book yep. where mm-hmm. not only do you you have our input on Star Wars, but you could get other people's opinion on Star Wars. Similar take, but different view. Yeah, you know what? It's interesting because I've I uh, one one of the things I've learned about myself during doing the show is that um, I'm not I'm not hardline on on anything really. So I, I'm and by that I mean you know like I'm not walking in saying absolutely the best movie of all of them is X and and not willing to have a conversation otherwise. And I found that my opinions of things has has been positively influenced by just hearing a different perspective from a different fan. Um, you know, I, I I will regularly and gladly say that, you know, my least favorite Star Wars film would be Attack of the Clones, but um, <laughs> I, I know I'm not in the minority there, <laughs> but um, but interestingly, just the very few people who put that in their, their top level of films, it's interesting to hear their point of view, and, and I think to be able to bring that perspective and listen to it and, and, and have a conversation about it is really cool, because you realize that people like Star Wars for different reasons and you know at the end of the day we all love Star Wars for our own personal 
personal reasons, but it's all that same saga, that same sort of um, group of characters and that story that's brought us together. And it doesn't matter how you got there. Um, there's something there's literally something for everybody in Star Wars, even even the people who right now are so angry at Star Wars and the people who are apologists for Star Wars. It, it doesn't matter what side of the fence or if you're on an extreme. There's something about Star Wars that you're just so passionate about that that just brings you back. And to me, that's worth having that conversation and trying to learn from that and and add it to my own sort of um, sort of recipe of what what I love about Star Wars. The, I, the reason why I chuckled is out of the prequels, Attack of Clones is my favorite. Really? Okay. So see, see. So I, and, 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 I'm, <laughs> and I'm from the older generation. I'm from the old, yeah. from the OT generation. You know, yeah. Like Derek and Ken are are, are you now as well. So. Yeah. No. So it's it's funny because it's and that's what's that's what's so amazing about it. And you know, Jason Fry when he was on my show, he put it best when I asked him because at the end of every one of my shows, I do a ten question thing. It's sort of like the uh, inside the actor's studio kind of. I throw ten questions at him, and the same ten questions for every single guest. And um, one of the questions is, "What's your least favorite Star Wars movie, TV show, or book?" And he said, "You know what? It's I will call it my eleventh favorite film, or my my yeah my eleventh <laughs> favorite film, Attack of the Clones." And that's a really smart way to look at it because it's – look, it's my least favorite film. But you know what? If it's on TV and I'm flipping through the channels on a Saturday afternoon, I'm losing two hours. I'm stopping. That's right. So how right. it's not bad. It's just it's – you know, you know there's, uh, there's always going it's, to – it's physics. Something's going to fall to the bottom. Okay. Now, now, uh, now I'm curious. Uh, my my <laughs> least favorite would be personally Phantom Menace, but I'm mm-hmm. curious why why Attack of the Clones would be your choice. A, I think it's you know it's it's a good question because it's I think it's more with the way it looks than anything else. I think there's a couple. I think it's got some of the most uh, some of the 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 graphic design or not graphic design but computer graphics the computer animation that holds up the least. I think out of all of them, um, and it's got the the painful to watch C3PO in the Geonosis ring. Um, which just I can't get through. Yeah, I, I, over, I overlook that. Yeah, and I, you know, I my it, a lot of people's least favorite line is the "I hate sand." Um, that doesn't bother yeah. me. But the, um, you know, it's it it's just again of the of the what is it? We've had eleven total films now. Um, it's just the one that that kind of trickles to the bottom, and it, and it is probably mostly because I think the design doesn't work. Um, I think it's not the worst story. It's not the hardest story to to piece together. Um, but I just think it's it's the look of it. But it's interesting because I hadn't watched Revenge of the Sith in years, and uh, until I was sort of doing the rewatch that all of us did leading up to uh, Rise of Skywalker. Um, and Revenge of the Sith is really that that has actually now popped up into my top four or five, and and so it, it's not a it's not a prequel thing. It's a that particular film has fallen down for me. So okay, that was a that was a really bad answer, but it's uh, no, the best I got. No. So <laughs> so for you, so for you, it, it was just the the visuals were were what makes it a difficult film for you to watch. Yeah, it does. You know, it's funny. Much like a lot of people feel like. For example, and it, I'm not saying they're right or wrong, like Last Jedi doesn't feel like a Star Wars film to them. For whatever reason to me, uh, Attack of the Clones just doesn't look like a Star Wars film to me. It's, okay. it's, a, it, it's yeah. But again, like I said, if it's on, if, I, if, I, if I'm done recording with you and I flip on the TV, I'll be up for the rest of the night watching it. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, and, and like I said, for, for me, uh, out of the sequels, it's, or out of the prequels, it's my favorite out of the Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we talked about 
about how you got into podcasting. What? So let's go ahead and go back. What got you into Star Wars? So the, uh, the the very, very beginning is my my dad was always a science fiction and horror fan. In fact, that's what got me into writing. He and his buddies created a science fiction and horror trivia game in the 90s, and I was doing all their Star Wars trivia questions. So I grew up with, um, uh, you know, in New Jersey, in the New York area, there was, um, I think it was Channel 9. Yeah. And every up No, that's Channel 9. Uh, uh, no, WOR. WOR, and they, yeah. And they would do, I think it was like three or four times a year, you get a week week of Godzilla films every afternoon, like four yes, o'clock. Right? Yes, yes, yes. And, yeah. and, and when those weeks would happen, I remember my dad would tell me because he'd look at the TV guide and say that this is the week. And I would come home from school and I would just be all into whatever the Godzilla movie was or, you know, there. Um, but I was always into science fiction and, and, and those kind of things. And interestingly, I, I don't consider myself as much of a science fiction fan now. I consider myself a Star Wars fan. But so 1977, my dad took me. My my mom and dad took me to go see uh, Star Wars in the theater in Paramus, um, and um, big giant theater. I mean, I grew up in in a small uh, town in Sussex County, New Jersey, which is like in the woods. It's like oh, yeah. way up there. Um, but my dad was like, if we're going to see this movie, we're going to see it in the best theater around, and the closest one was in Paramus, and we um, – I uh, went to see it, and my only memory of seeing a lot of people are like, "I'll never forget when the Star Destroyer flew overhead at the very beginning." I don't have much memory of that. I re- my first sort of burned into my memory is R two and three PO sort of bobbling through the the halls of the tent of E four, and um, I remember driving home from the movie. I was, I was seven years old in the back of my parents' station wagon, pretending to shoot down Tie Fighters, and that's. And it, but from that <laughs> moment forward, everything, everything, whether I saw Close Encounters or Indiana Jones or, or Planet of the Apes or Battlestar Galactica or V, everything was connected to and related to Star Wars. Was it better than Star Wars? Was it better than Star Wars? Yeah. Or, or and it became <laughs> the center of my, my cultural, you know, it was like my cultural focal point for everything moving forward from that point. Yeah. The kind of kind of similar story as us. Uh, for me, it was I got to see Star Wars as a double feature at a drive-in movie hmm. theater in oh, Kentucky, cool. and uh, it was Star Wars followed by Star Wars. It was just back to back, same movie, back to two back, times in a row, two times in a row, cool. which was awesome. And my <laughs> yeah. parents knew the moment the film started that I was going to be staying up to to watch the second one, and I and I successfully survived me watching both. Um, but for me, the image that burned through. I mean, the, I remember the Star Destroyer, but the, the image that that did it for me that said, whoa, this is something else, was Vader coming through the, yeah. through the door. Yep. I was like, okay, yeah. this guy's bad, and just how bad is he? I don't know. <laughs> I have to say, awesome. one, it's funny that, that you say that because what, I, I have a 7-year-old son and a 10-year-old daughter, and I was very lucky to have had my phone on me one day when um, my son asked that he wanted to watch. I'm very lucky to have my phone on me, Jesus. It's on me twenty four seven. But um, my my son wanted to watch Star Wars. He was like three years old, and um, so I put it on. And um, I have a video of him just standing in front of the TV, you know, standing up because when you're three, that's the way you watch television. And Vader walks in that same exact spot you're talking about, and he just looks at it and he goes, "Oh no!" And then he sit he sits down, and a three year old sits through two hours of a movie. 
yeah. from that point forward. And so <laughs> I could see where it grabbed you, and and it's it's really pretty wild. And I'm just so glad I have that on video because if if he becomes you know a semi professional nerd like myself, um, he'll have that to go back to as the moment. So <laughs> so since you said you have a son, um, yeah. only child, or you have others? No, I have a seven I have a seven year old son and a ten year old daughter. Okay, ah, and, so and, your daughter's the yeah. same age as mine. Oh, all right, awesome. My daughter's ten as well. First movie took them to go see. In the- um, it, it is uh, Minions 2 for my son. <laughs> and- okay, I'm sorry, Star Wars. <laughs> oh, okay. Clarify. <laughs> For Star Wars, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's odd that I can remember which movie I took them to, other uh, than Star Wars. But they, um, my daughter, the first uh, Star Wars movie she saw was Force Awakens, and I think my son's first Star Wars movie was Rogue One. Oh wow! I don't think we took them to Force Awakens, and it was funny. I had um, I had gone to Rogue One before I took them because I wanted to see it, and I was like, I don't know how they're going to handle that ending, and. Um, they didn't care. <laughs> they, to them, it was just a oh, cool action yeah. adventure movie. I don't think they put two and two together. My son was more bothered by K2SO going down than he was by, you know, Jen and uh, Cassian. So, understandable. I was a little more upset about that, too. Well, before Force Awakens started, uh, I showed my daughter the movies throughout the summer mm-hmm. and, and on weekends during the fall. Uh, and we started off with the original trilogy. I told her, if you're yeah. going to watch these, you're going to watch these, how they came out by release. <laughs> right. And I had the DVD. Um, I've got two sets of, the, of DVDs for the original trilogy. Um, and I showed her the DVDs because the second set of DVDs I have are the ones with the bonus disc with the original theatrical release. Ah, uh, right, right, right. So I told her, you're going to watch these how? I watched them in. <laughs> okay, Daddy. We watched them. As we're watching them on the Blu-ray player, mm-hmm. I'm starting to see all the composite mapping. Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, this is cool. And with me being a entertainment technician, I, I I love bonus materials. To see that mm-hmm. aspect, like, okay, this is super cool. I'm really digging this. Mm-hmm. So she watched the original trilogy as it appeared in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, whenever we watch them on TV, she goes, Daddy, I don't, I kind of like the originals better than all the extra stuff. <laughs> I never prompted her. Right, right. And, and she's very quick when someone goes, Hun, show little shot first. She goes, no, he only shot. I mean, she corrects kids <laughs> at her school. No, he only shot. Well, uh, in the movie I saw, he shot first in the original he only shot so i mean she <laughs> she he gets them in um and then we but, watch- you know it's it, it's funny that you, i'm sorry to interrupt but that, it's no. funny you say that because it's um it's interesting what kids pick up on right we as sort of uh, online nerds who, who talk about star wars all the time um or, or have an obsession as, as as i do and like for example one of the things that i said about rogue one that kind of threw me what and i i love rogue one um, was the naming of the planets when they went in with the titles, right? And I, I said it kind of it kind of made me feel like I was watching a Star Trek movie. And just out of nowhere the other day, my daughter and I, because we're all home just waiting, you know, doing stuff, but uh, home, we watched Rogue One. And she, out of nowhere, because I've never said it to her, she said, I just, I don't like when they show the, the planet names. And I said, why? And she said, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. So, like your daughter catching on to, this, I like it this way versus that way, there's something about uh, the delivery that that 
you know, it, even if you're not a uh, somebody's overanalyzing it, there's things you like about it that worked one way or another. Right. See, I didn't, I didn't mind the planet names popping up in Rogue. I don't one. mind it now. Yeah, the first because time I saw it, it threw me. But yeah, I it was, it was weird at first, but I didn't mind it then because we, oh, before I met Ken and Derek, and before we decided to do the show, to me, Rogue One was. I want this as a video game. Yeah. Yep. You know, I, if we're not going to tell the story as a movie, give it to me as a video game. Let me play it. Mm-hmm. Let me. Yeah. I gotta get the Death Star plans to the Rebellion. That's mm-hmm. the whole mission of the, of the game. Overall end game to the to the game. And then when you see games like the original Battlefront series, Battlefront, Battlefront Two, mm-hmm. and some of the others, you see the planet and they list the name. Uh, yep. Even uh, Empire at War did the same thing. I'm like, okay, cool. So to me, I always say um, Rogue One, which is in my top three. Mm-hmm. Is the video game I always wanted mm-hmm. yeah, because I because I I saw that video game aspect to it with planet names and I find it funny the only planet that does not get a name brought up on it is mm-hmm. Mustafar. That's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, they give you Yavin Four, right? They give you Scarif. Yep, Scarif. They give, and you, they give you everything the, else. You do. Yep. Interesting. And they could have given it to us in uh, in Rise of Skywalker to settle that before the book came out. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's interesting, and it's but it's it's just those those sort of subtleties that I think if you grew up with Star Wars, you pick up on things a little bit different. And I, yeah, I love the the Hoth battle scene when you see you can see the lines going around the various <laughs> ships and the the mat lines uh, and yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so being a this is a question I think I can ask pretty comfortably. Derek could ask it, but it may not come with the same approach. But being a father mm-hmm. and a fan for so many years. Yep. Um, what was it like taking your, your daughter to see Force Awakens that first time? Was it, did you spend all your time watching the screen or did you end up almost split watching the screen, watching her, watching the screen, watching her? Yeah, it's a it's a really great question. And clearly from somebody who's, who's been in that situation, because I had... So I've said this on uh, my show before. I tend to, with Star Wars movies and Marvel movies, there's a buddy of mine lives across the street where close in age. We have very similar interests in video games and movies. And so on the Thursday night, that's usually when we'll go see, you know, the Joker or whichever Star Wars movie or whichever Marvel movie hits. And, um, so we did that with Force Awakens, and um, so that way when I took my daughter on Saturday, I had already seen it. And exactly like your question said, I spent my time looking at the mo- at the movie and then looking over at her to see her reaction and then looking over to see, you know, she, she was a Ray fan before she even saw the movie. Like as soon as she saw photos of Ray, she was, uh, what was that, five years ago? She was about five years old, and she was um, – she was, you know, she was into dressing up as princesses and ballet and all her stuff. And when she saw Ray, she immediately, and it was the, it was an amazing thing. She immediately ran upstairs to her bedroom. She pulled out some, some clothes and she created her own Ray costume. It, it wasn't movie perfect, but you know, I let that go. And it was, but she was, um, <laughs> she was, she was enamored with Ray, and it was great to watch her watch Ray. Uh, the first Lego set she ever put together herself was Ray's speeder. She was just she fell in love with this character and it was it, what I what I wonder as sort of an adult who's gone through seeing 
the various political issues and political correctness and political growth of our country and, and our society. I wonder how much of it is the fact that Ray is a woman and she naturally can identify with her or if she's just a great character that, you know, is a Luke Skywalker level identifiable character. And, you know, I, I'm not I'm not smart enough to do that kind of psychological assessment. But what I can certainly say is she had no problem going from her Cinderella costume to her Ray costume and sort of wanting to be that character. My daughter was kind of the same one. Yeah. Yeah. For a brief moment, Star mm-hmm. Wars Force Awakens was better than Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, that was a very important time, yeah. So um, for me, I think what added to it is my parents were down for the holidays as well. Mm-hmm. And they were with us when we went to see it. So here's my dad watching me, watching her. <laughs> yeah, yep. So yep. here, here's a generational, I passed it to you. I got to watch you do it. Now I'm watching you passing her yep, yep. type thing. And of course, I lost my dad in 2017. But that it's one <laughs> of the moments that, that I share, that I treasure in Star Wars for me is, and that, that's the whole purpose behind celebration as well. Star Wars celebration, it's a family thing. Right, right. But it's a great point too, because as I kind of recognize, so I was, you know, I'm very fortunate. My, my dad is, is still with us and actually did a, a Father's Day episode with him on Around the Galaxy. And I kind of, I, I got to understand or, or hear his perspective a little bit. And to watch him when he comes and visits and I have this great video of him lightsaber battling with my seven-year-old son who I guess at the time was about five years old and just to see him kind of reliving that and to, to be able to do it with my son like tonight before my son went to bed I read him a, a, a BB-8 book and just like that kind of connection that's so deeply important to me to be able to pass that on and, and see their their interests it's really it's wild and it's because Star Wars is it's more than a movie franchise, and I think that that's why, you know, for better or worse, there is the 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 passion that fuels some of the ugly conversation um, that that I, I don't want to talk about, but it's clearly out there. And um, I think it's because Star Wars is our myth. I mean, it, it's overstated, and it's been said before, and it's, uh, you know, I, I years and years ago, before the prequels came out, and I was doing the work for Star Wars Galaxy magazine, I, I had done a... Um, a presentation at a actually it was a Star Trek convention because we didn't have Star Wars conventions at the time and or or even really too many comic book shows and I did a, a a talk about the fact that Star Wars was not science fiction that it was classic myth and I went through the whole Joseph Campbell thing and um and I think it's a modern you know it's it's overstated to say or oversaid that it's it's a modern myth but it's really it's the story that has defined now not just our generation but the generation that's come after it and it, in a way it kind of helped define our father's de- generation because of what they were able to share with us through that experience right well i know me my father the one who got poked in science fiction mm-hmm. L star wars came out it was space night it was well science fiction anyways the old batman series right yep um yeah <laughs> i watched the old flash gordon serials tv i watched mm-hmm. yep. um i am the apes watched all that i, I think I, the apes i love that yeah i think i even remember 
remember watching this world when they would air that. Oh yeah. Saturday with afternoon. Yul Brenner and yeah. Yep. So, oh, yeah. um, and then of course star Wars. And I asked my mom, you know, like a year or two ago, no, I think it was last year. I said, why did, why did dad take us to star Wars? Just curious. She goes, he heard it was a space Western. You know how he likes, how he likes <laughs> sci-fi, how he liked his Westerns. He wanted to see how they combine, how this guy was going to combine the two together. And we took you along thinking you would like it. You and your brother would like it as well. Our brother was <laughs> almost just turned one okay. was right around his first birthday. <laughs> right. And his biggest thing of it was R2-D2 because he kept all he would say for days was e do d do e do d do But it's the the whole, um, she goes, but once it started, music hit, everything hit, you were hooked. And we knew it. Yep. So <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and it's because of Star Wars that you know, I'm in the career path that I am now. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's just wild how many people it's it's influenced and it's, you know, whether it and in different ways, like for, as you said, you know, it's influenced you to go down the, the, the path you have. It, it inspired me to write, um, which I may not have been inspired to if I if I didn't see that movie. It inspired me to to try to understand more about. You know, it's it's a weird way, to, weird thing to say, a weird weird concept, but to learn more about other people because what I found was that the and and it's sort of the the heart of my podcast is is understanding or not not understanding but just sort of making a connection with people who have a Star Wars connection is you know there's there's the the sort of I guess uh, uh, Jerry from Bombad Cast calls them normies, right? People who aren't Star Wars obsessed like we are. But but you can I can have a conversation with my friends who are so. So I, I tend to have seen every Disney movie three times on the opening weekend. The first is is usually me and my buddy across the street, and we totally nerd out on it. The second is on opening day, and it's with a couple high school buddies of mine. And then the third time is with my wife's brother, his son, and my two kids. And um, and all three of them are different experiences, but it's it's wild because, you know, the experience that I have with the the people who are more deeply into the lore is is one experience, but it's not better or worse than the experience I have with my brother in law who, you know, he'll watch him when he goes to see him in the theater and then, you know, he, he can, you know, name sort of base level Star Wars trivia, but he's he's not insane about it like I am. But the conversations and the connection is very, very real and it's re- is very interesting to me to to um to experience star wars in different ways with different people and i think it tells you a lot about a person you know one of the questions that i always ask on my show is what's your favorite star wars quote it's it's the last question i ask of, of my guests on every single show and there are times where i feel like i should start with that because what people answer with that gives you so much insight not only to what they like about star wars but what it is that that star wars means to them and i'm not saying like it's always a very fantastical or or deep thought yoda quote but just where where that comes from to them and that's the role that Star Wars plays for them and and it's it's not really describable any other way other than to say that it played a role in in most in many people's lives and and what that role is is interesting to me and I think it's interesting to anybody who's a fan just sort of make that connection and see that you're not alone in your fandom at all that's actually a hard question favorite quote there's a bunch of them that I use all the time yeah so yeah what is your favorite Star Wars quote Derek oh boy um and Mike, I'd love to hear yours too. Well, um <laughs> I think um I think that's a tough question. <laughs> 
I think I'm going to go with... Um, As you're thinking, I got to go get, because mine is actually one of the quotes that they actually put on one of the stones you can get at Galaxy's Edge. Oh, okay, cool. So let me go get that. Go grab that. I mean, you know, I love, I love, there's a lot of great quotes, but I think one of my favorites that I use a lot (laughs) is, uh, is from Darth Vader when okay. he's fighting Luke. When he's fighting Luke in uh, in Bespin, and he goes impressive, and then a second later, you know, a moment later, he goes most impressive. Most impressive. Yes. <laughs> you know, I think, and that's it, that's what's funny, and that's what's great about the Star Wars quotes is to me, it's there's certain quotes that like that one which you'll use, and I, I've said this a couple times on my show lately, so people who who follow me will have heard this, but it's a silly story in that. So me and my my best friend growing up, we were such star wars fans like create like we did our own eight millimeter star wars film like we were like that into star wars and um and you know so so we pull lines out of nowhere you know we we do freaking probe droid impressions but the line that i use all the time is for whatever reason is what i really need is a droid that understands the binary language of moisture evaporators and so like anytime anybody will say hey you know what you really need i'll be like a droid that understands the binary language of moisture evaporator and so not too long ago i was saying something to my wife and and my my wife just barely puts up with my star wars obsession um (laughs) but we were in and I said something to the effect of, yeah, you know, I, I really need to go get, and she goes, a droid that understands the binary voice pepper. So it's like, it worked, it worked. But that's one of the things about Star Wars. It's not my favorite quote, but man, it's like, it's one of those silly things I say all the time. Mike, did right. you find your stone? I did. And I don't know who says it in any of the films, um, but it's ignorance yet knowledge. Hmm. I like, like I said, I'm not sure who says it. And it's on a, it's one of these stones, a rune stone or worry stone type thing. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. And on the back side, which <laughs> on the top. Oh, yeah. What is, yeah. is that the, um, that's a, fu- I, I, it's like, it's kind of like Orbesh, but it's not, right? Yeah. It's, it's totally different. I've seen it. On, and in fact, when I was at um, Galaxy's Edge in LA, I saw it uh, on a couple of things and I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. We, we got, we got a couple of things because in my car is Yoda with the, with the one that I tend to, my wife lives by, you know, has me kind of live by. That's do or do not is there is no try. Oh, yeah, that's a good um, one, too. And there's a whole long backstory, needless to say. Well, I think ignorance yet knowledge is from the um, the Jedi Code. I don't know if anybody specifically said it. And I'm not. I, I hate to be uh, totally nerdy like that, but for some reason, I that's what I think because I can't think of who said it. But it's it's a great quote, man. It's something that we should. Oh, my my quote, just not that you asked, but I'm sure I'm sure you you were considering it. Uh, <laughs> my quote is: um, "Your focus determines your reality." From Qui Gon, because it's mm. so true. Like if you're focusing on, and not to get all you know, uh, Zen and and stuff but you know if if you're focusing on something negative something negative is going to happen if you're focusing on something positive something positive is going to happen and i really believe like that's what you know how i ended up writing for star wars galaxy magazine it was pure luck but it was something i wanted to do and um i focused on it and it happened so um i think i think there's something to that it there really is sort of that you know, a, a, a non-Star Wars way, Star Wars way to put it that a, a friend of mine says is, you know, if you put yourself, 
in opportunity's way, you're going to have the opportunity. And same same kind of thing. So right. look at that. We, we've now given life advice on this show. It's Wookiee Radio is now going to be listed as uh, self-help. Very nice. <laughs> hey, we, we could do that. There you go. <laughs> self-help around the galaxy with... <laughs> it's right. It's the, Wookie, we'll do a whole series of self-help. Wookiee self-help. Um, so you, you mentioned you were writing for Star Wars Galaxy Magazine, which we know yep. eventually became Star Wars Insider. Uh, were you writing... Well, actually, there, there were actually two different magazines. I, I don't mean to, well, actually, oh, but there no, were, no. so, no, no, so I, I thought they were the same. Yeah. No, it's so funny. They were both, um, I wouldn't say they were competitive, but they were both out around the same time in the 90s, whereas they were both quarterly magazines and they seemed to sort of offset each other. And then Star Wars Insider, um, I think, became uh, more related to the Star Wars sort of official fan club. I think. I could be wrong on that. But Star Wars Insider... Yeah, I think it's still around, or at least in some form or another. Star Wars Insider is still around, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Star Wars Galaxy yeah. was owned by Tops and and uh, kind of dissipated. But it became a Star Wars Galaxy trader for a while. Um, wow, I can't believe I'm remembering all that. I can't remember my pin when I go to the ATM, but I can remember all this stuff. Um, the, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so they were both sort of at, at the same time. And I actually did work for, for both publications. So how did all that come about? <laughs> so I was, um, as I had mentioned before, my uh, my father and a couple of his friends had a science fiction and horror trivia game, and I had written their Star Wars questions for this trivia game, um, which based it on the time at the time was based solely on just the th- original three movies. Right, there was very little other content, so uh, I wrote about two hundred questions from all three movies. And um, as part of their marketing, again, this is back in the nineties. It was just it was before the internet had really exploded, but it was starting to take off. Um, I had written some um, some sort of features for their newsletter, which went out because it was the nineties, and they literally had a printed newsletter that went to to fans. And then I had cre- I had created a website called Echo Base, which was probably the first, one of the first, if not the first Star Wars fan website. Way, I mean, it was actually a GeoCities website. Um, it's so old; it was very, very old. You know, I would I would download stuff and go to bed, and the next day wake up and hope it was there. That's how long ago this <laughs> this was. You, some of your listeners may remember those days. Days of the old fifty six point four K modems. That's right. Downloading a, a, a you know the the Phantom Menace trailer, you know, during the day so you could come home and see it. But um, so I had this website called Echo Base and it was it was a very early fan site and it was a lot of fun. Um, But because there weren't a lot of Star Wars fan sites at the time um, and at that same time in the mid 90s, Steve Sansweet was going around to these Star Trek conventions showing clips and talking about the special editions, which were coming out in 1997. And um, because there wasn't a lot, there was no StarWars.com, there was no LucasFilm.com that had anything for fans, people would find my site, assume I was connected, and ask me where Steve Sansweet was going to be. When was he going to be speaking about the Star Wars Special Editions? Of course, I didn't know because I was not connected. So one day on a whim, I called LucasFilm to get Steve's um, uh, itinerary so I could post it on my site because so many people were asking. And I called Lucasfilm, and uh, I said, "Hey, I'd love to, I'd love to get, love to find out where Steve's going to be." And they said, "All right, hold on a second. And so they put me on hold, and next thing I know, Steve Sansweet picks up the phone, 
and he's talking to me. He's like, so t- what is what is this website thing? And what are you doing? And why are you doing it? And he and I, you know, what, when I originally called just simply to get his conference schedule or his convention schedule, we ended up talking for you know, 35, 45 minutes. And um, I was telling him that I was interested in writing. And he said, you know what? Listen, I you get Star Wars Galaxy magazine. It was like, absolutely. I had all these books on my shelf because um, I was also a big collector at the time. And um, he said, look, I don't have enough time to do all the pieces I need to do for Star Wars Galaxy. Send me some of your writing, and um, you know if I can use your help, I'll let you know. So I next day went to the post office, overnighted uh, all my writing to him. He read it on the plane on his way to Philadelphia to do the QVC Star Wars special. I don't know if you remember when they used yeah, to do those. Yeah, yeah. And um, he called me. He said, "Hey, this is uh, this is good." I don't know if he said it was very good or or good enough or whatever, but it was good enough for him to give me a couple assignments and. Um, um, there's a a much longer version of the story where I also talk about how I was going to I was going to the um, the IMAX premiere of the movie Special Effects, which was directed by Ben Burt, and that was the first thing I covered for for Star Wars Galaxy magazine, and um, it's like 150 words or something. It was a very short little little blurb in in an early issue of Star Wars Galaxy, and then. It went it went well and and he um, he continued to give me assignments. I was the um, as the managing editor of the toy section for a couple issues and um, and that was a lot of fun. It also led to me getting the opportunity to visit Steve at the ranch, Skywalker Ranch. It led to the opportunity to go to the uh, New York City premiere of Phantom Menace. Um, I also went to all all three prequels. I went to the New York City premiere. And um, and I covered the Phantom Menace premiere for Star Wars Insider. So if you have the Star Wars Insider magazine with Aura Singh on the cover, um, you will. If you dig deep enough, you'll find the New York City premiere coverage, and that was me as well. And um, but it was really cool. One of my biggest disappointments, though, um, and it's not a negative, but it's it's it was that I had also, and this will test your your age, Mike. Is there was I don't know if you remember West End Games had the the Star Wars yeah. role-playing game. Yeah, yeah. And they had yep. they had a they had a quarterly publication called the Star Wars Adventure Journal. And through yeah. my connections through Insider and Galaxy, I was working with them, and I had written a short story that was going to be in an upcoming Adventure Journal, and it was about a an Imperial pilot who um, went AWOL, and um, it was a fun little story, and it went through multiple multiple edits and and rewrites and changes, and it was finally ready for publication, and then West and games got out of the Star Wars role-playing game business literally overnight. And so my story never saw the light of day. I still have it sitting in a gray manila folder in my office here. Um, but it's um, so that, but it was great because it was, it was the opportunity to write some Star Wars fiction. It never got anywhere, but it was, uh, it was in my foray into that, which was a, a ton of fun. You say the West End game, uh, one of my co-hosts over on Mighty Marvel uh, participates in Rick Fair every year in the Birmingham, mm-hmm. Alabama area. Mm-hmm. And he and his son decided to do a Star Wars build for it. Oh wow! And trying to get <laughs> this came right out of the. Uh, right out of the- oh wow! That's awesome. That is really cool. So, cool. um, so that's one of those uh, outposts that you built game for when yep. you did things. Um, <laughs> so you were with Star Wars Galaxy, Star Wars Insider for how long? So I I was in five issues of Star Wars Galaxy. So it's about a year and a half. 
and um, I was in one issue of Insider, and I was also with through um, through Tops. I was also in the 20th anniversary deluxe magazine where I did a a quick bit with uh, Ben Burt. So I got to interview Ben Burt three different times for uh, um, those publications. So yeah, it was a, yeah. Oh man, he was such a. You know what? I I I've described it this way before, but the best thing about Ben Burt, one of the best things about meeting Ben Burt was at the time when I met him, I felt like he was just as excited that somebody wanted to talk about sound effects and special effects as he was, which was, you know, there was there was no ego. It was just, hey, I'm the, this guy who who did this, and you love it. Let's talk about it. And it was it was so cool to to meet him and talk to him about it. And he, he was just the nicest guy. And my my entree into to Star Wars writing was through him, which was just great. He's one of my grails that I want to bring to the show. Hmm. Um, like I said, it's because of what he did with the original trilogy that I'm an audio engineer. That's awesome. And when I first met him at Celebration 5, which was the first one here in Orlando, um, I went up to him and said, my family's going to say it's your fault. And he's like, <laughs> what? Kind of taking it back. <laughs> and there's still this celebrity fan type status they have when you're at the table. Sure. I said, yep. but because of you, I have gone into the career of being an audio engineer. <laughs> And, and I've been an audio engineer at Disney over years at that time. It went from that fan celebrity to boom, evened out to we're now talking here to people. Right, right. Oh, so, yeah, what are, so what are you doing at Disney? What you, uh, how do you like it? Uh, what what type of stuff you, you know, we're talking gear, we're talking. And, yep. and I told him that I, I can't call you an idol because my idol is my mm-hmm. And that's the way it should. I mm-hmm. can't call you my mentor because I never worked with you. <laughs> the only thing I can say is you're my inspiration. And because of you, why I got you is why I'm doing it. So Ben Bird's my inspiration. Yeah. Boys oh, will yeah. be. Um, and so two years later at Celebration 6, went up again. Now, mm-hmm. the first time I met him, Disney hadn't put in the, oh, you can have facial hair. I think the closest <laughs> was you can have a mustache. Okay. Mustache doesn't work on <laughs> goatee that I've got now. Works. Um, so we went, I went back up to him and, uh, and I said, hello. He goes, before I finish saying hello, Mr. Burt. Yep. Is it being proper? He goes, mm-hmm. you work at Disney. Are you still there? Wait, I said, <laughs> I am. To remember me, even with the yep. slight change in my appearance. Yep. floored me. I'm like, yep. okay, this is cool. I, yep. I mad respect. Um, and I, I did buy his book, uh, the that sound sound effect book that he and Matthew yes. worked on together. Yep, which is a wonderful book if it's still around. But man, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful book. And, and it's you know it's really pretty amazing. I have not. I, I didn't. I, I can't say I've met a, a ton of you know Star Wars personalities. Uh, I've met a couple that are really you know they're 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 bucket list. And I'm glad I met them. But there's there's not too many that I've met that I've been, you know, sort of disappointed at. They're all just genuinely they they still seem to be as excited about. It. I mean, you see somebody like even John Boyega, who I I've only seen from a distance, who. He's still a fan, and he he gets that, and and I think that goes back to some of what we were saying before about how Star Wars has played a role in people's life. Whether you're Ben Burt and you were part of the original creation, or you appreciate Star Wars because you're as Daisy Ridley or or John Boyega because of what it what came before you, and that's that's pretty wild that a, a series can do that. Yeah, yeah. it's um. Well, I always said it's it's not it's more than just uh, a couple, a bunch of movies. It you know it's it, it's had it's made impressions on a lot of people a lot of people's lives in a lot of different ways. Yep, very true. And, and that that's what's that's what's really cool about it. 
Now, with your guests that you've yep. um not to play favorites, because for <laughs> us, all our guests are our favorites, no matter what show we're on. I, I'm desperately trying to become your favorite so that you can change that answer in the future. Okay. I hope that that works out. Okay. <laughs> there's a, there's, uh, there's uh, pain from around works. <laughs> Republic credits. Uh, <laughs> we, credits will not will be. <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> we'll just we'll just roll a chance. See oh, how, how much I know you work at Disney because that you can only find those at Galaxy's Edge, man. <laughs> yes, yes, you can. Just like the Sabak deck that I have in my back. Oh, very nice. I keep a Sabak deck on me at all times because you never know when you're going to win at YT thirteen hundred freighter. True, but I do, I do want to get a second. I do want to get a second deck to leave at home. Um, we, well, we were playing it the other day. Uh, we did our first family game night a couple uh, last week. Yeah, we um, we played. Bros Han Solo card game, which is right. Yes. Yeah, there were there was back in the day you had D and D, which you had basic, intermediate, and an advanced edition, and then you had yep. advanced D and D. Oh, Han Solo card game is D and D. The spot <laughs> game that you buy at Galaxy's Edge is like A D and D, and you're you're it's you either got one suit or you got the three suits. <laughs> but I, I've said if they change the the deck, the, back, the art on the back of the deck, I'm getting that deck as well right so i i want the different decks if, if they go different decks but right now i do want to get a second deck so i can leave one at home have one that I take to work um so, cool. so with your guest right who uh personality wise who's been the one that surprised you the most and I, will, so, and, I, and I will tell you for for Weeby Geeks, um, when Marty was on the show, uh, my mm-hmm. co-host on the show, our our one of our most surprised guests, one of our most surprised guests, is when we had Jake Lloyd on. Oh, you had Jake Lloyd? Oh my gosh, I would we love had, to have him. We had him on about eight months before his pod racing experience on the highways of North Carolina. Wow! Yeah, jeez, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it, what's interesting is, like I said, my show, I had initially, it's funny when we go back to the beginning of this episode and you were talking about bringing on other podcasters, that was sort of my first concept was I'm going to call podcasters that I like people that I know that I listen to myself and try to get to know them. And, and so there's, there's a bunch of, of those folks that I, I've really gotten to. So there's, there's people that have become literally friends, like the guys over at the Holo Chronicles, who I think have been on your show. Yep. Um, yep. they've become. Uh, um, literally, literally friends of mine. Like, like if I'm ever in the Washington State area after coronavirus moves out, I am going to go visit them and hang out with them, and um, they become good friends. But as far as guests that surprised me, I have to say, like um, Nathan Hamill was a blast because he was just he was. It's funny. We, I felt like you know, a little inside baseball here. I, I felt like he was a little. He didn't know what to expect, and by the time we got to the end of the show, it was a lot of fun, and, and now he and I sort of interact quite regularly uh, on social, and we, we stay close there. But to me, my favorite, I hate to say, to your point, I hate to say favorites, but one of my favorite guests was Dan Donahue, who is the voice of Shriv from Battlefront 2, and oh. um, he's been in a bunch of other video games, and and it, it was it's one of my few two-part episodes, because we just went on so long. We just... Like the show started out as just one of my regular old shows, and by the time we got to the end, we were laughing and we were having fun, and and um, he and I keep close touch. In fact, when I was out in L.A. last time, I was supposed to get together with him, but 
um, he was he was shooting something, so I didn't want to interrupt his schedule. But um, he's just he was. If there's any around the galaxy episode to listen to, um, I would always point people to part two of the interview because by that point he and I have, had started to get a little bit silly. He does this, you know. One of the other questions I have uh, in my top in my ten questions is um, you have to choose between one of these three is your favorite: an Ewok, a Porg, or Jar Jar Banks. And he goes off on this whole tangent about adopting a rescue porg that it still cracks me up just thinking about it but but he was he was just such a a really nice guy and it was great because you know you guys know you have guests and your your buddies on the show and you hang up and you'll probably never talk to him again but dan and i still speak and um and he's, you know, he's one of those guys. You're rooting for his career. He's done some really great things on television and things like that. And um, but he was just a great guy, a really nice guy. But I say that, and I need to add the the caveat that every and this sounds like BS, um, but it's not. Like every single guest has either has has either surprised me or given me something that I can take from every single episode. I can go back through just before we got on today, my 60th episode dropped and I can go back through every single one of them. And I can tell you one little nugget and one little thing that, that struck me, whether it's, you know, a, a guy, there's a guy who writes star Wars poetry or Anthony Bresnikin who writes for vanity fair. You know, it's, a, there's something, there's something from each one of those stories. That's great. But I, I, I've built some, some really good friendships through it as well, which is, as you guys know, that's one of the amazing things about podcasting and social media and Star Wars is, you know, I and I'm, I'm hopeful that that you know we'll we'll continue a conversation beyond this and and we'll oh, see each other at celebration or whatever. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if uh, if you'll want to talk to me again, but certainly we'll be oh, able no. to. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but the sure. just the conversations that you have and and you you start to build like I was saying before, you build this weird connection over Star Wars that you know people who you've never met in person, you have a different deeper relationship than you would with people you see on a regular basis because you have that 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 connection through this saga so i mean we, we've had fun guests all the way around i think yep. for me one of the more special ones um was when we had jennifer hill and todd grimes who were involved mm. with star wars detours oh, and yeah we, yeah and cool. we got that detours story on how it came about what happened the, the shutdown and how we would love to see it pop up we went through all that um mm. oh man dominic pace was was awesome uh, he was he, he was great yeah, i i, I like dominic a lot in fact i'm I feel bad for him right now. I feel bad for a lot of people because of this coronavirus thing, but he was just about to kick off his sort of world tour. He was going to be here in New Jersey in May, and he and I were going to get together for, for dinner. Because he's, but he's just a genuine dude. Like he was one of those oh, yeah. guys that, as a, like he's just, he's like anyone, like any one of the three of us. Like he was given that opportunity to actually be in it. That's amazing. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. someone who came on the show and ended up becoming a a part time co host for us is John hmm. Tyler Christopher. Oh yeah, that's uh, cool. The man behind uh, the action figure cover. Yep. Yep. Um, Vanessa Marshall has been on the show, and it's the first time my daughter actually did a podcast. <laughs> and I actually uh, asked Vanessa great, yeah. three, three questions. Um, we had Emily Swallow on. Uh, we had Molly Miller, who was one of the 
Stunt Women on Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I believe we were her first podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, we, I mean, we've had quite, we've had Eric Walker, uh, Daniel Wallace, Jeffrey Brown, uh, Kevin Thompson was great. Um, you know who I had who was really, really very cool was I had um, Christopher Sean, the voice of Kazuto Zuno. And I've been trying to get him on. He was amazing for two reasons. Number one, um, and you guys as uh, podcasters will appreciate this. We got disconnected halfway through the interview and um, called him back. And I neglected to record the second half of the conversation. (laughs) So I I contacted him and I was like, I'll just throw this out. And he was like, no, man, no problem. I'm not available tonight, but I can do tomorrow night. And he got on the phone and he finished it up and or he got through Skype and he finished it up. But the second Uh reason he was super cool was uh, I had mentioned in passing that it was my son's birthday the weekend we were recording. And he's like, all right, hang on a second. Can I wish him happy birthday as Kaz? And he did. And he was my, I again, like video of my son watching Darth Vader for the first time. I have video of my son hearing Kaz wish him happy birthday because my son loved resistance. And it it was just so, and he did it unprompted. He was like, it's your son's birthday. Can I wish him happy birthday as Kaz? I was like, absolutely, man. And just a great guy. And again, this kind of goes to what I was saying before. Like, I have not met somebody involved in Star Wars who felt like they were that much higher ground than than the fans and it's it, it's an amazing yeah, yeah. and you see the celebration i imagine right oh yeah, yeah where can people find you online they can find me on twitter at atgcast where i spend way too much time um <laughs> the podcast is available around the galaxy on you know stitcher spotify apple all that stuff um and uh also my website atgcast.com excellent uh derek any final question uh hold on i'm i'm following you and following him on Twitter at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I know Wookie Radio is following on Twitter. I got to get the other two shows follow as well. And I will follow them and I will enter your contest because I want to win some Bluetooth speakers, man. You got a good shot. Yes. <laughs> right now, as they would say on the Hunger Games, the odds are. <laughs> um. Uh. I did. I did have. I did have one uh, question for you. Sure. Um, or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I had one and I just forgot it. Um, so with with all with with your podcasting and your, your writing, everything. Um, how how? Never mind. I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. There. Well, on that note, I'm gonna wrap it up and say. Thank you, Pete, for coming on and <laughs> enjoying us or enjoying your time with us, hopefully. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and hopefully the bagpipes help bring some positive spirit your way and some smuggler <laughs> feud. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Derek. It was a, it was a blast. I always... Love talking Star Wars. Thank you so much for for uh, for inviting me on the show. It's uh, it's a great opportunity and a, and a privilege to talk Star Wars with with cool people like you guys. Thank you so much. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thanks for coming on. And on that note, Anytime. on that note, there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jinx, I can hold it. Pull up. No, I'm all right. information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2! I'm a Jedi.
like my father before me.